Yes, indeed. I'm ready. Uh, look forward to hearing it. I'm ready. Have a good show. Appreciate you. The following commentary does not necessarily reflect the views of the staff and management of WBCA or the Boston Neighborhood Network. If you would like to express another opinion, you can address your comments to Boston Neighborhood Network, 3025 Washington Street, Boston, Massachusetts, 02119. To arrange a time for your own commentary, you can call WBCA at 617-708-3215 or email radio at bnnmedia.org. I'm here, Boston. Again, I'm your host, Larry Higginbottom. The name of the program is From the Trenches, baby. Observation from the Trenches. From the Trenches, from the Trenches. You're listening to WBCA 102.9 FM. WBCA 102.9 FM. And again, nice day today. The rain kind of melted all the snow away. Hope you're having a very enjoyable evening. Hope you're relaxed at your home. Have a cup of tea. And uh, I hope you find my uh, conversation, my observation, informative, but also I hope it, you know, force you to just rethink your position on some things. Today I'm going to talk about the black church. In my opinion, my belief, it is an institution of black subjugation. I'll say again, the black church is an institution of black sub- subjugation. Let me say from the onset, I am not atheist. I belong to a church. I attended a men group every Tuesday, as I did last night. And I will continue to believe in God. No doubt about that. I'm not atheist. I'm not against the church at all. But I believe in the last 70, 80 years, the black church has become a surrogate instrument of white supremacy by subjugating black Americans. What are you trying to say, Larry? I'm glad you asked. This past weekend, President Biden was at the church in South Carolina with his young, uh, irate, uh, strange white male killed about nine uh, black Americans. You might recall that. So he was there making a political speech about what he's done for black folks, you know, low, low, low unemployment, build back better, okay, increase in wages, et cetera, okay. And in the audience were some uh, peace activists, young people, young people. And they got up and started to, to, to say, all right, cease fire now, cease fire now. And they were escorted out. And all of the elders, baby boomers, my group, my group, baby boomers, I think to be a baby boomer, you had to be born between 1946, I think 1966, to be part of the baby boomers group, my group. So all the baby boomers, all right, once these young folks, once these peace act- activists were escorted, escorted out, they start chanting, shout, shout, start chanting, four more years, four more years, four more years. I'm sitting there watching this here. 
And what came to my mind, and it's been for years, 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 I had, I've had this, this uh, belief, that the black church is one of the biggest institutions of black subjugation in America, second only to white supremacy. And what really struck me that since Dr. King was murdered, the church has become not a beacon of protest and activism, but one of just preaching the preaching the gospel. Nowhere have I heard a preacher say these words to Black Americans. You know, some people in the pew. You know, our biggest nemesis in America is the spirit of white supremacy. All of our ills and ails come from the spirit of white supremacy. Being locked out of what? Housing, city contracts, state contracts, federal con contracts, okay? Being locked out of due process under the law. When America was up and coming, the Industrial Revolution, we was here, we was locked out. Our biggest nemesis is the spirit of white supremacy. I've never heard a black pastor tell his or her congregation the truth about our situation in America. As I sat there and watched at that church, not one member of Baby Boomers would join in with those young folks and say, yes, cease fire now. Not one. Not a one. Not even the pastor who introduced President Biden. And so my message today is somewhat to the young folks coming behind me, us, who come behind the baby boomers, my group. And I think, like I said, I think to be a baby boomer is the year between 1946 and I think 1966. So to those who are millennials, Gen X, Gen Zs, when you critique us, be clear what happened to us after King was murdered. Many of us, most of us, right, opted out for conveniency and comfort. I'll say again, most baby boomers opted out for conveniency and comfort. Most stopped struggling, which meant most stopped fighting for self-determination and independence. And so we integrated into a system or a house that we never owned or controlled, which means that the policies, policies, right, bylaws, regs, are written through the lens and reality of the white community. And you can participate and you can make a pretty penny if you sit there, be docile, and submissive and carry forth our agenda. And I contend with you that baby boomers as a group have totally forgotten the essence of struggle and self-determination and have also forgotten the relationship that is built on between black Americans and the white community. And as I watch those young people at that church be, be escorted out peacefully, not one member 
of those senior black in the audience, you know, they're, 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 they're in my group. I'm, I'm now 70, so most of them, you know, mature seniors. Not one joined in unison to support those young people, those peace activists. And so that's why I want to say my talk today. Again, I'm not an atheist. I believe in God. Matter of fact, I'm, I'm, I belong to the church. Every Tuesday night, I'm in the men's group, as I was last night. And I sing in the men's, in the, in the men's choir. We sing every fourth Sunday. My observation and belief after 30 years that the black church is one of the greatest impediments of black Americans fighting for a new deal. Because we have distinctly ingrained in our psyche that we are supposed to always accommodate, okay, mistreatment, put down, degradation, exclusion, all in the name of Jesus no best. Take it to God in prayer. Okay. God will take care of everything. And the community that owns everything, control everything, the Europeans, the white community, everything they have gotten, right? You think about it, right? You really think about it. Has been with force. In the name of God. In the name of God. So they have conquered the world, subdued the world, colonized the world, in the name of Jesus, name of God. On the other hand, American-born blacks in America we have been inundated with this very submissive, passive uh, uh, belief that we're supposed to accommodate all mistreatment, all degradation put down, that for some reason, right, God's going to come and make it right. That God is going to come and make it all right. Well, after 157 years since emancipation, when's he going to get here? Just asking, just asking now, just asking, when's he going to get here? So to the young people who might be listening or the parents of folks who are millennials, Gen X and Gen Z, if you don't start to teach our young people that in America, what is pervasive is the spirit of white racism, white supremacy, meaning they own and control everything. All the wealth, all the resources, all the resources, all the guns, they own and control. If you're not pushing back against that spirit, they have a new deal because of the 347 years of oppression that the government allowed this community to subject us to. You're foolish. You are being derelict of your duty as a pastor. And I contend that what we are seeing in the last 30, 40 years is that the biggest impediment to black Americans fighting for a new deal is the black church. I've never seen the devil. I've never seen the devil. And if you, if you go to the black churches, where they're big on the devil, the devil, the devil, the devil, the devil, the devil. I've never witnessed the devil. But I've sure witnessed the spirit of white racism, of white supremacy. I know that spirit. I've seen that spirit live and in person. But our pastor will never tell you, as a, as a congregation, that the biggest impediment to our quality of life, or even being included, is the spirit of of white supremacy. And so that's your devil. 
that you fight, that you push him back again. And you don't get nothing if you don't demand to be included. And I'm not advocating, even, even suggesting, being violent. Or burn it down, done, or tan them, done. I'm saying you, you stand totally towards that. Look here, you're going to include me. In the city contracts, federal contracts, state contracts, trade contracts, essential high income position, due process under the law. We want a new deal. We want a new deal. I've never said, heard a black preacher say that to the congregation. But all we, all we hear is the devil, the devil, the devil. You know, evil spirit. Well, the only evil spirit that's really impacted our life in America has been a spirit of what? Whiteness, white supremacy. But they never tell you that has been our number one stumbling block, that spirit that held us in contempt, disdain, and hate since 1619. And when I watched on Saturday at that church in South Carolina, was despicable and deplorable of the baby boomers. Of the baby boomers. Here are the young folks out there standing peacefully, hollering out, cease fire, cease fire, and not one baby boomer stood with those young people. Not one. And they had the audacity to say, four more years, four more years. Of what? And even when, and even when you analyze what the Democrats are even touting as successes or, you know, advancement, take, you know, low, low unemployment rate. That does not address the racial wealth, what the racial wealth gap. Take, okay, how higher higher wages. That also does not address the racial wealth gap. None of those things address this 347 year head start where you was locked out of acquiring assets to have and produce wealth. None of that. If you don't have specific policy aimed at your group only to address that, and it's gonna take it's gonna take it's gonna take a long term now, a long time for to see a uh, uh, thing to turn around. But if you don't have policy aimed at aimed, aimed at us only, those things ain't gonna do nothing for us. For example, today you got more blacks with college degrees compared to the 1968 during the uprising and the riots. You got more blacks with, with, with degrees now than you did, than you did in 1968. Has done nothing to change the racial wealth gap. You got more blacks today who own, who own homes than you did in 1968. It's done nothing to address the racial wealth gap. They never will. And the word that's missing is specificity. If you don't have a specific policy aimed at our group only to address these ills that came about from 247 years of chattel slavery and 100 years of black codes, Jim Crow, condoned and okay by the federal government, you're not going to change this here. And so I just sat there with disgust of my group, baby boomers. They are so comfortable, they forgot how to fight. They are so comfortable with conveniency, right? Ain't no fight in them. Well, you know, we can, wait a minute, slow down now, slow down. You know, we can work something out. Wait a minute now, wait a minute. Wait a minute. You think about King. Now, the folks out there with King. King was a young man in his 20s. College students out there, the young people. The young people. Was out there with King getting bit with, with dogs, 
right? Hips out of the head with Billy Clubbed. Okay. Lynch. Beat down. Young people. Young people. Here are young people standing up. And the elders, they become so comfortable in the last 30, 40 years, right? There's no fighting them. There's no fighting them. So I'm here to speak to those who are about to replace us on center stage. Millennials, Gen, Z, Gen, Gen Z's, and Gen, 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 and Gen X's. You need to understand that the black church as an institution, its primary purpose, my belief, and come to your own conclusion, is to subjugate us, to help keep us subjugated. Nowhere in this word, nowhere in this message, anything about acknowledging what is our biggest impediment here in this country? Spirit of whiteness. Whiteness. It's a construct. They only control all the wealth, all the resources. And if you don't push back, demand a new deal, a do-over for black Americans only, not people of color, okay, not for brown people who just got here, but for Ados who've been here since 1619, for 40 years, we've been fighting the spirit of what? White supremacy, whiteness. If you don't fight for yourself and demand a new deal, you're not going to do well. And the black church is one of the greatest impediments that's demanding a new deal because it does not teach its congregation that the only spirit that you're fighting in this, in this physical world, this secular world here, spirit of whiteness and white supremacy. And if you're not pushing back against that spirit, you ain't getting nothing. Especially given the relationship what it's built on when it comes to black America and white community. It's built on 247 years of chattel slavery. From 1619 to 1865. The worst treatment anybody ever treated another human being. We endured that. I thank God for our elders. But it didn't stop there. They fought a war over us. A war over us. A war over, over us. And so... In 1865, the question is, what do you do with four newly freed, right, enslaved people? Well, we don't know, but until we figure it out, we're going to create these black codes, right, these laws that's going to further keep them in bondage. So from 1865 to 1965, I say 1970, for another 100 years, right, you're still in bondage. While America is up and coming, Industrial, industrial revolution, right? You're here, we're here, but our elders are being locked out. So we can't participate in the growth and prosperity of this country. And when we did, they burned the towns down with impunity. So the black church, instead of, instead of saying, hey, y'all, you know what our problem is? It's that spirit of, white, that spirit of whiteness. That's our devil. In this physical, earthly realm, that's our devil. If you ain't pushing back against that spirit, you ain't getting nothing. That's why I've come, come to this conclusion some time ago. I'm not an atheist. I'm definitely believing God. But the only devil we're fighting in America is the spirit of whiteness, white supremacy. That's been our biggest impediment to being included, from being included and the greatness of this country, to be able to share in the wealth, all right, and to take care of ourselves and our family on our terms. Why? 
we've been here all along. Anyway, I'm your host, Larry Hit Larry Higginbottom. You're listening to WBCA 102.9 FM. Listen to WBCA 102.9 FM. They're in the program from the trenches, baby, from the trenches. Observation from the trenches, from the trenches, from the trenches, from the trenches. I'm speaking about the black church. It is the institution of black subjugation. That's my belief. Come to your own conclusion. It is an institution of black subjugation. It deliberately, through his sermon, wants to be docile and submissive and pushing back against these spirits that always kept us, what, subservient. Always kept us, right, on the outside. And they have lost the spirit of being combative since King was murdered. And in the last 50, 60 years, baby boomers, my group, who instead, of, who instead of picking up the cross and continuing the struggle that King left us, my group decided, right, to opt out for convenience and comfort. And we forget, and we forgot liberation and self-determination. And so we're not leaving you uh, Gen X, Gen Z, millennials, uh, anything. We're not leaving you anything. We're leaving no institution that we own control. You now can take and further expound upon. We leave you nothing that we control. Even entertainment, we don't control that. We don't control those platforms that give what distribution. We don't control that. So, yes, the folks you see out front, good for them. I'm not despairing none of those folks. Because why? They chose entertainment as a way out of the hood, out of the ghetto. I get that. But they don't own control of nothing. They don't own nothing. Because why? We stopped fighting for self-determination and independence. In America, based on capitalism, the primary thing comes down to what you own and what you control. And my group, Baby Boomers, we stopped fighting to own and control anything. We opted for what? Assimilation and integration. Into what? Their house. These are their rules now. Here's what it is. Here's what it is. We're not leaving you anything to build on, to expand upon. We couldn't hire ourselves in 1963. We couldn't hire ourselves then. We can't hire ourselves now. Name me one black, or, name me one black organization that hires half a hundred black folks working for it. Name me one black organization that has a thousand black folks working for it. In this city, any, any way you might know, anywhere in America. Name me just one. I can't think of one. So after 158 years in emancipation, I can't think of not one black company that we own and control that has 100 black folks working for it or 1,000 black folks working for it. Come on now. Who dropped the ball? Baby boomers dropped the ball. And I'm speaking to those who are about to replace us on center stage when you critique us. You need to understand one thing. Our country is a great country. I get. I. I would. I would not dispute that. She's a great, great country. When you have sufficient wealth in America, it's a great place to be. It. It really, really is. But our group as a whole has never has never been comfortable in America. We've never been comfortable. Why? Always struggling against what? The spirit of white racism. The spirit of whiteness. 
Why? Their country. This country was taken for white men, white women, and their children. Don't ever forget that. It was taken for them. It was not taken for us. We were brought here, right, to provide labor and be, com- and be a comfort to white people. It was, not, it was not taken for us. But the problem arose in 1865, you got 4 million newly free slaves. What do you do with them? What do you do with them? Well, we don't quite know, but until we figure it out, <laughs> we're going to pass some laws around here to make them citizens. But think about how asinine, how asinine was that. What you trying to say, Larry? Pay attention, pay attention. From 1619 to 1865, it's 247 years of the worst treatment man's ever treated man. It made the Holy Cross look like, look like a picnic. That's right, like a picnic. You name it. It was done us. And exempt from any kind of consequence. So you're trying to tell me that for 247 years, you have your way with us. Anything you want to do, anything you want to do can be done. You kill one of them, one of those killed, no problem. Was not prosecuted. Raped the women, no problem. So in 1865, you trying to tell me all of a sudden now, I'm going to pass some laws that are going to make you citizen that the white community now is supposed to respect, right, adhere to, and embrace. How likely is that? How likely is that? It was astronaut then, astronaut now. But we chose to walk down this road, right, with civil rights and voting. And the church, the only, institution, the only institution we have, the only institution we have, right, is being duplicit in responsibility by not saying, hey, man, we're going the wrong way, y'all. This, this ain't never going to work. All they kept saying, Jesus saved. Name of Jesus. He's going to work it out. He'll work it out. How has that worked for us? I'm asking the question now. How, how well has that worked for us? Not well at all. And so many of us, right, baby boomers have lost the will of the fight to push back to demand a new deal. And that same spirit is being passed on to the next generation. And I say to them, right, don't embrace that spirit. In the name of Jesus, don't, don't embrace that spirit. Because this community has subdued the world in the name of God. And they want everything. Here we are, very religious, God-fearing. What's wrong with that picture? Are we not serving the same God? Come on now. They're speaking now. You're going the wrong way, people. We've gone the wrong way. And we need to acknowledge that. I'm not into gloom and doom. I'm not, not, not into being a doomsayer or being negative. No, it is what it is. The black church is one of the great biggest institutions to, sub- to subjugate black Americans. Because all they want you to do is look towards the sky and don't worry about what goes on in, in this earthly realm. Don't worry about that. Don't worry about that. You'll get yours by and by. Well, that's, that's not the God I serve. I don't serve that kind of God. My God won't want me to be just as comfortable in his domain now as it's going to be when I go to heaven. 
Isn't it funny? All them folks over there in Palestine using, using a modern-day weapon to kill them folks, they all think it's going to happen. People in America. All right? There are many folks who took this land by force, right? Murdered people. Well, most of these folks think they're going to happen too. Wouldn't it be something we get there and you see George Wallace, <laughs> Robert E. Lee, you know, <laughs> wouldn't it be something? You get there and say, Jesus Christ, God, what are they doing here? But they gave us hell down in your earthly realm. He might say, you know what, you're foolish to listen to that there, you know, turn and turn other cheap crap. I said, go out and subdue the world. Subdue my kingdom. You didn't push back. You got your butt whooped. But anyway, just my belief, come your own, you come your own inclusion. I'm speaking to the next the next group who's about to, who's about to replace us uh, baby boomers as we retire and step off. Do not forget, in this earthly realm, God gave you, man and woman, total freedom and total dominion to subdue his kingdom. You see, the white community got no problems with doing his kingdom using violence and force. You see that. Everywhere I've been in the world, you see what? Subjugation. Colonial, colonial, colonialism. Everywhere I've been in the world. Why? Force. Weapons. Weapons. Everywhere. In the name of God. In the name of God. So something we're doing wrong. We're not pushing back. We're not demanding a new deal or a do-over. And I'm telling the group that come behind me, millennials, Gen Xs, and Gen, and Gen Zs, do not embrace that, that subjugated mindset that baby boomers have embraced for the last 57 years. Mm -mm. Mm -mm. It ain't working. Never have, never will. Only thing that spirit of whiteness understand is folks who's needed Toe to toe, eyeball to eyeball, say, hey, you're going to include us. We're going to share this here. We're going to share the wealth. We're going to share the wealth. And I'm just as entitled as you are to share the wealth in my country that we built. We alone just share the wealth. And we're alone just fine. But these crumbs I've been getting, no, 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 we ain't going to, no, 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 we ain't going to it no more. But you'll never see a preacher on a Sunday tell his flock, it's time to fight for a new deal. Or even to identify, right, why we are in the this, in this, in, in predicament that we're in. Granted, last 30, 40 years, many of us have also developed some bad habits. That's true. You get no pushback from me on that. Some, have, some of us have, have, have really developed some really bad habits that just compounds living in this white society. That's, that's right. But it's time for us, time for you. As we, as my group about to, you know, step off center stage and you take center stage, understand that the black church is the biggest sub-subjugator of black progress, I believe, in America. That's why they don't teach you, right, what and who is your number one nemesis. The devil is the spirit of white racism. I ain't never seen the devil, but I sure have dealt with and faced the spirit of white racism. I've seen it live and in color. That's what King was fighting against. That's what he's up against. Anyway, 
I'm your host, La- host Larry Higginbottom. You listen to WBCA on a 2.9 FM, on a 2.9 FM. And the name of the program today, The Black Church, a institution of black subjugation. Yes, indeed. You watch that program Saturday down in South Carolina. I think it was deplorable with all them senior citizens, my group, baby boomers didn't do, didn't say nothing. And they escorted those young protesters out, those peace activists who's calling for a ceasefire. And once they had been escorted out, all of them in unison started talking about four more years. Four more years of what? Oh, my God. Anyway, I'm going to take a break. And now she return. Don't go nowhere, and I will continue my observation. I'll be back. Some people won't give you the real talk on drugs, but it's time we know the facts. Fentanyl is killing people. It's a powerful opioid, often made illegally and commonly mixed with illicit drugs. It can even be pressed into counterfeit pills that resemble prescription medications. Just two milligrams, about the size of a few grains of sand, could potentially be lethal. This isn't an ad to scare you, but it is an ad to make you think twice. Get the facts. Go to realdealonfentanyl.com. This message is brought to you by the Ad Council. It's time for today's STEM tip. Okay, you know recycling is important. No one wants plastic in the ocean. Here's a cool way to repurpose a plastic bottle. Build an awesome terrarium. Cut a large plastic bottle in half and fill the base with sand, pebbles, potting soil, and your favorite plant. I chose an African violet. Put the top of the bottle over your base and place it in the sun. Your plant will grow sealed in its own ecosystem. Fun, right? Learn more at She Can STEM. A message from the Ad Council. If you are struggling to afford internet service for your household, there is a new government program that may be able to help. It's called the Affordable Connectivity Program, and it provides up to a $30 monthly discount to qualifying households. Find more information about the program, including if you qualify and how to enroll at FCC.gov ACP or call toll free at 877-384-2575. That's 877-384-2575. Hey, Dad, how do airplanes fly? What's in this box? Is this tree good for climbing? How are babies made? What does this thing do? Kids are curious about everything, including guns. Talking to them about gun safety in your home is a good first step, but you can do more. Always keep your guns locked, unloaded, and stored separately from ammunition. Safe gun storage saves lives. Learn how to make your home safer at nfamilyfire.org. That's nfamilyfire.org. Brought to you by N Family Fire, Brady and the Ad Council. You hear that? This is my Boston accent. This is my Boston accent. Dad is. Shh. This is my Boston accent. This is our Boston accent. Hear it for yourself, discover your own. This is Boston, and we are all inclusive. I'm back, Boston, again. I'm your host, host Larry Higginbottom. Name of the show, From the Trenches, baby. Observation Trenches, Observation Trenches, From the Trenches, From the Trenches. You listen to WBCA 102.9 FM. Again, let's listen to WBCA 102.9 FM. And my topic today is the black church, a institution of black subjugation. I'll say it again for those in the back row ain't paying attention. The black church, a institution of black sub, sub, subjugation. 
for that seven years. Baby boomers have opted out. And I came this year, Revelation, some years ago, decades ago, really, right? But I saw it firsthand this past Sunday at, a, at, a, at the church in South Carolina with President uh, Biden. And what I saw there really disturbed my soul. Look at all these baby boomers, my group. These young peace activists were demanding, all right, demanding some action be taken over the Otis genocide in Palestine. Not one baby boomer joined in in the chorus for a ceasefire. Not one. Not one. And once these young folks had been escorted out, they all started shouting like sheep being led to slaughter. Four more years, four more years, four more years. Well, my message to those who are about to replace us on the uh, center stage, millennials, Gen Xers, and Gen Zs. The only spirit that you're fighting against is the spirit of whiteness, white supremacy. That's your devil. And if you're not demanding a new deal, if you're not demanding to be included, you can pray until you're blue in the face. As our iconic leader from the civil rights movement Fannie Lou Hamer said, Fannie Lou Hamer said, you can pray until you're blue in the face. God is not going to put it in your lap. No words ever spoken was so, yes, yes, appropriate. You can pray until you're blue in the face. God is not going to put nothing in your lap, people. And we are a living example of that. As we, baby boom was about to exit the stage, we're not leaving these young folks, no institution that we have built that we control. And now we have been sucked, sucked into this here DI, diversity, equity, and in, 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 uh, inclusion. That's a, new, that's a new con game. Diversity, equity, and inclusion. Whose house is that? I don't ask the question now. Who owns their house? My community. They own it. So being in somebody's house you don't own, you got no leverage there. As long as you articulate my viewpoint and regurgitate my views, you can stay there. You can do well. I'll pay you well. That's why I want to give off the illusion and deception of what? See how America done changed? We got some black, we got some black Americans up there. Some folks of color up there. You know, look how some brown people. Look how inclusive America, look how inclusive America is. Well, to the young folks, keep in mind, in DI, diversity, equity, inclusion, you don't own those, you don't own those assets. You don't own nothing. And what it does is it really takes your eye off of our grievance. That's a dead old here in America for 347 years of trauma sanctioned by the federal government. But if you focus on everybody, you know, inclusion, diversity, brown people, we have taken our eye off of, off, off of our own legitimate grievance, trying to fight for everybody. And the reason why the civil rights movement failed, the reason, reason why it failed 
And all those laws that came out of that effort, it didn't specify who it was for. The Voting Rights, the Voting Rights Act did not specify it for the Negroes because why? Slavery and Jim Crow. That's who it's for. Affirmative action, it did not specify who it's for. The Negroes, why? Because what? Slavery and Jim Crow. It didn't specify who it was for. Which means anybody and everybody right to come under the umbrella and get benefits that LBJ never intended for them to get. He never intended for them. And for more information, if you go to Howard University, LBJ, 1965, listen to his commencement speech, he tells you why he's about to roll out affirmative action for the Negroes, and the reason is because of slavery and Jim Crow. He didn't mention white women, gays, okay, folks from who for, for, for Spanish people, uh, Africans, Caribbeans from India. He didn't mention none of these people. He said the reason that we got to roll this thing out is for the Negroes because of slavery and Jim Crow. And because we did not write the ordinance, it now can be interpreted to include anybody. And my group, Baby Boomers, who's there, did not insist on the words. Words matter in white, in white, in, in, in white society. Words matter. And the church has been down like in its duty, in its duty of fighting for a new deal for us. Us only. But all it gives us is Jesus. Jesus. Jesus saved. Jesus love. Yeah, he is. But the spirit of whiteness does not recognize or accept those concepts. Otherwise, it never would have treated folks the way it treated folks to commandeer all the wealth and resources. If it really thought those words had meaning. So you're fighting against a spirit where those words have no meaning. All people. God loves all people. He give grace to all people. No, 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 no. You can't do people what this group has done to people and those words have meaning. They have no meaning. You can't subject folks to what I call ab abject poverty. You control all the wealth and resources. You tell folks, get a job, get a job. From who? You won't hire us? Because you've been indoctrinated, right? Holders, holders in what? Contempt, hate, and disdain. But you say, get a job. Get a job. And the church never said, you know what our biggest ills and ails is in America? It's the spirit of white racism. That, that's our devil. That's what you're fighting against. That's what, you, that's, that's what you're pushing up against. And if you don't stand and demand a new deal, if you don't demand to be included, they won't include you. That spirit of white, white racism is, is okay with you getting nothing. Being totally excluded, totally denied entry is okay with that. And I believe Dr. King, before he was murdered, came to realize what he was fighting. That's why he said, I think I led my folks into a burning building, meaning integration, assimilation. Dr. King came to realize the spirit that he was fighting against had no morals. So you're trying to use moral and the biblical concept against the immoral spirit. Don't work. So they had no problem 
with us being totally subjected to abject poverty and abject violence. No problem with that. So I'm telling, seeing the young folks coming coming behind us as we get ready to go up this, go up this, go up into the sunset. You need to be very careful and understand one thing in America. It's a great country. I will not dispute you with that. I got no problem with that. But it's what you own and control that matters in this country. In your country, what you own and control. If you're not trying to build nothing that you can control, right, your income and not be subjected to what I call economic terrorism, economic terrorism is the new lynch mob. You see this, right, with the president of Harvard. Because she wouldn't say what they wanted to say, we now going to what? Discredit her. Ruin her, ruin her reputation on what, you know, she plagiarized. Are you kidding me? You know how well she was vetted, even be considered, even be thought of? Are you kidding me? No, she did not say what those in power and wealth wanted her to say. So she was being subjected to what I call economic terrorism, economic terrorism. Let me read for you what I mean by that. I wrote a book in 2002 with two colleagues of mine, Dr. Omar Reed, the late state who men. And the title was Post-Hermetic Slavery Disorder, called Post-Hermetic Slavery Disorder. I'll read for you what I term economic terrorism. The reasons follow on page 73. The number one threat preventing black professionals from standing on integrity, honesty, and truthfulness is economic terrorism. I define economic terrorism as follows. Economic terrorism is defined as the as perceived, verbalized, or written threat of loss of income. It can also come in the form of a perception or anticipation of a ruined or derailed career and or the destruction of one's reputation or credibility. i read to you again. This is what I define as economic terrorism, which we are being subjected to today. Instead of being lynched, don't worry, I'm going to castrate you economically. I said, this is, this is, yeah, 2000, I wrote this book. Yeah, 2000, 2002. I said, the number one threat preventing black professionals from standing on integrity, honesty, and truthfulness is economic terrorism. I define terrorism as follows. Economic terrorism is defined as the perceived, verbalized, or written threat of loss of income. It can also come in the form of the perception or anticipation of a ruined or derailed career and or the destruction of one's reputation or credibility. credibility. What you're seeing over there at Harvard is economic terrorism. So I'm saying to you, millennials, Gen X's, and Gen Z's, you got to control the platform that you derive your income from, that you derive your income from. You can't just need preachers, right, with this here message of being subjugated. Always focusing on pie in the sky, pie in the sky. You live down here in this earthly realm. And down here in this realm, income is important. Funds are important. Capital is important. If you don't understand who you're pushing up against to, to get your share, the white community. It's the white community. It's their, this is their world. It's their country. 
they control all the wealth and resources. And the only saving grace, from my, from my, from my viewpoint, from my perspective, is labor. Is your labor essential and high income generating? If it is, you will do well. If it is, you'll do well. And I don't mean going to college per se. There are many technical and vocational skills that will pay you one, two, or three, or four, six figures, and you can start your own practice. Most of our preachers, I think all of them, have told us just they hide behind the cloth of God because it gives them uh, safety. They won't tell you what you're up against out here in this earthly realm, which is the spirit of white racism, the spirit of white supremacy. And racism is no longer about, you know, you're being beat down, shot, lynched, raped, etc. It's about ownership, control. What you saw that happened to Kanye West right, and Kyrie Irving is economic terrorism. I think when uh, Kanye said something about, you know, the number of Jews who are lawyers or what on, on this platform, they say his, 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 his net worth is about $2.5 billion. And once he said that about the Jews owning everything, right, it dropped, I think, $500 million. Because why? Contracts, right, and also perks, gone. Economic terrorism, baby. The same with Kyrie Irving when he said something about black being black Hebrew. All of a sudden now, anti-Semitism, anti-Semitism, anti-Semitism. Come on now. That is becoming really, really, really weak because I say something you don't agree with or it might even be true, but you got a problem with it. That's why I say to you, come behind me. You want to make sure that you own the platform that you derive your income from. You want to own that platform where you can speak Right? And not worry about being what castrated economically. Because the new lynching is economics. That's what it is, baby. In twenty twenty four. So as I wind down, you know, you need to understand, young people, as we leave center stage. We have not done a great job of leaving anything. We'll leave, we'll, leave, we'll leave you no institution that you, that we own or we control that you now can expand and grow on. So you can look at us right and say, hey, if we're going to just opt for being comfort, comfortable and convenient, we'll be always subjected to somebody, 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 somebody else's uh, control. Because why? You don't own, you don't own your, your economics. You don't control your dollars. And so you don't want to be like us. And yes, I am pro-God. I'm pro-church. I just don't listen to them. I just don't listen. A lot of things they say, I don't, I, don't pay no, I don't pay no attention. I just don't listen to them. Because I know out here in the secular world, this earthly, this earthly realm that God gave us, my nemesis is the spirit of whiteness, of white supremacy. As a black American, Ados, American, American sinner slave, that's what I'm fighting against, to be included. Not to tear down or burn down, need to be included. To be included. Ah, it's a great country, but you got to be included. You got to have your share of wealth to be comfortable. Have life on your terms. Do what you want to do when you want to do it. Take care of your family when you want to take care of your family. Roll how you want to roll. Requires what? Capital. 
capital. So if you don't if you don't control those platforms, right, then you would be what? Subjected to what? Economic terrorism. Here's what it is. So the best advice I can give you, be discerning what you take in from these preachers. I am. I'm in church, you know. I belong to the main group. I sing in the, in the choir. I'm not an atheist. I'm pro-God, believe in God. But I don't believe that God wants me to sit out here, right, and be dead last and get nothing and be okay with that. I ain't having that. And neither should you. So as I wind down, I'll be again next Wednesday with a different observation, you know, from the trenches. Again, I'm not here to insult anybody or, uh, you know, or alienate anybody. It's my views, my beliefs. You can come to your own conclusion. You know, that's why I say the black church is an agent of white supremacy. All it does is what? Subjugate us. Subjugate us. That's all. Keep us enslaved. It's not, about, it's, not, not about, it's not about liberating us at all. Not at all. But you can, come to your own, you can come to your own conclusion, young people. Look around. How are we doing? I don't think we're doing good, good at all as a group. I don't think we're doing well at all as a group at all. It's my belief. Come to your own, your own, own conclusion. But it is what it is. My God did not put me here to suffer and just get by all my days. I ain't going for that. And neither should you. So as I wind down, I want to thank you for listening to me. I'm here every Wednesday at 6 o'clock. I bring another, another episode of From the Trenches, Observation from the Trenches. I'm your, I'm your host, Larry Higginbottom. You've been listening to WBCA, WBCA 102.9 FM. You know, I'm here every Wednesday, Lord willing. I'll be here next Wednesday with another, with another uh, observation. And we will take it from there. Get in. Bye. The preceding commentary does not necessarily reflect the views of the staff and management of WBCA or the Boston Neighborhood Network. If you would like to express another opinion, you can address your comments to Boston Neighborhood Network, 3025 Washington Street, Boston, Massachusetts, 02119. To arrange a time for your own commentary, you can call WBCA at 617-708-3215 or email radio at bnnmedia.org.